swing and a line drive left field. Ben Intendi coming on, dives, and then he makes the catch. He did it. He got it. Here we go. Time to party. Right here. 3-2. High He crushed it. It's a grand slam. Swing and a miss. Frankly, it's over. The Red Sox have won the world championship. Welcome to Benny and the Bets podcast. Can you believe it? Here's your host, Terry Cushman. Hello, everyone. Terry Cushman coming to you with a bonus segment of the Benny and the Bets podcast. Doing it solo. I might do this throughout the fall and winter just to kind of keep you guys engaged rather than have nothing for two or three weeks on end. Just to kind of keep the flow going. Most of them will be 10 minutes or less, usually dedicated to one topic that... I wouldn't mind rambling about. The uh, topic for this one will be the plausibility of bringing back Ron Reneke as the manager. And as the season's gone on, whether it's from spring training 1.0 into spring training 2.0 throughout July and, and each week deeper into the season, I'm starting to feel like there's more and more of a chance he could come back. I don't know if he's the most likely candidate right now. I still think that's Matt Quatrero, the Tampa Bay Rays bench coach. But it's starting to get kind of interesting here with Renicky. And I'm just going to kind of make my case, you know, for the next few minutes on why I think that is. Matt Barnes, Ryan Brazier, Ryan Weber, Colton Brewer have all taken big steps forward under Renicky's leadership. Obviously, Dave Bush gets the bulk of the credit because he is the pitching coach. He's the one tweaking with the mechanics and the analytics and all of that. But it is taking place under Renicky's leadership. And I know Barnes and Brazier, they're not 8th and ninth inning guys. But if you can take what they've given you for the last month, which is pretty decent production, you know, for relievers, and next season, they were just situational 6th or 7th inning guys. That's pretty solid because theoretically, you're going to have better pitching in the 8th and ninth innings, whether it's Taylor and Darwin's in, whether they make an acquisition throughout the winter or a free agent signing. Perhaps somebody under the radar at the moment comes up from Pawtucket, whatever. I just think... Our bullpen is going to be very serviceable, and it's been very encouraging to see them make steps forward, especially Ryan Brazier, which I hammered on in the last podcast. I thought it was extremely unlikely he could ever be turned around. I just thought he was a flash in the pan, a complete fluke, and I couldn't wait for this season to end for them to get rid of him. And I don't think that's going to happen. I think he's pitched his way into next season with the Red Sox, provided that he stays healthy, and he's earned it, quite frankly. Tanner Houck, very solid in his previous uh, start, his debut, actually, uh, earlier in the week. Him performing that way just kind of speaks to the positive environment 
that this Red Sox team kind of brings. They have a very good culture about them, despite the fact that they're currently a 20-loss team. But very encouraging. It just shows that, you know, with the right leadership, these guys can come up from the farm and they can shine. And they won't have the weight of the world on their shoulders like they might have in the John Farrell era. But love to see it. Another thing that's been extremely good to see is Raphael Devers go from a complete trash first month of the year to extremely solid to a guy that's kind of looking like a perennial all-star and he he probably is at this point but in the post-Cora era to see him you know struggle a little bit kind of ride those out and then elevate his game to exactly where it was if not better I mean maybe the last three weeks I don't have last year's numbers up but the last three weeks Devers has been as good as he's ever been. And that's been nice to see. So, you know, very solid there. There is unique cases like Andrew Benintendi. His slide did start with Alex Cora. You know, the power just kind of disappeared. He stopped hitting home runs last season. And then this season, for some reason, he stopped hitting altogether. And I'm not sold that his strained ribcage thing is really what's keeping him out. I think they just needed to kind of get him away from things, let him kind of reset himself, and then hopefully with a full spring training next year, maybe he finds it again. But, you know, so I I don't kind of put that on the current manager And then it's impossible for any manager to turn chicken shit into chicken salad with guys like, you know, Matt Hall, Kyle Hart. I mean, they are who they are. They're not really major leaguers, as we have seen. And, you know, you can't really hold anybody responsible for them unless you want to put it on Bloom. But he was in an impossible situation this year with the payroll situation. We're certainly not going to trade from our farm, which isn't very deep. So unfortunately we had to suffer through guys like that. And that's no fault of the manager. Also uh, impressive Martin Perez, his ERA doesn't look sexy, but he has given up four runs or less Every time out, every time out, four runs or less. That's for a guy that really is a back end of the rotation guy. I know he's probably our ace right now, our de facto ace, but in a normal season for a back end of the rotation guy, that's great. Love to see it. Nathan Avoldi has given up two runs or less in five out of his eight starts and really has only been shelled once that one start against the Yankees where he gave up eight runs. Another guy who's going to be extremely valuable at the back end of the rotation. Now, I know he's going to have the mandatory DL stints. He's already had one this year for his calf, but is what it is. We're stuck with him, and we're at least making the most of, of what we can with him. So I like to see that. Renicky 
bench coach throughout 2018. You know, he's been on the ride. He's ridden the duck boats down Boylston Street in the month of October. So he's experienced a championship run already with Boston. Knows the grind. Before that, I've pointed this out on the show before. 2011, when he was the manager of the Milwaukee Brewers, the only previous managing job he's ever had, he got them to game six of the NLDS. They were two wins away from going to the World Series. And sure, it helped that they traded for Zach Grinke at the deadline and, you know, had a little bit of talent, but he's he's a competent manager. Just kind of, you know, wrapping this up, the players love him. You know, they were all kind of relieved. Well, if it if it can't be Alex Cora, we're glad it's Renicky. You know, there's there's a comfort level there. So it's nice to have that in place if you want to go into a season and hopefully be competitive next year. Renicky said this week on WEI he wants to come back. They haven't really talked about it and agreed to wait until after the season, but He's made it clear he would love nothing more than to remain on as the manager of the Boston Red Sox. And he did say, provided that Alex Cora isn't back. And if you listen to Heim Bloom, he's constantly poured cold water on the idea that Cora could come back. Here's a quote. This was from April. So this is roughly three months after... He mutually parted ways with Cora. I mean, I still think Cora was fired. That's how I look at it. But but uh, three months after the mutual parting of ways, he says, quote, At the time we parted ways with Alex, we were clear that that was a result of his role and what happened with the Astros and everything the investigation over there revealed. Bloom says it had nothing to do with what may or may not have occurred in Boston, and that's still the case. All the reasons we parted ways with him then, three months before, are still the case. A month later, he basically said the same thing, but he ended it by saying, so that's not part of the thought process at all. It's not on our radar as far as bringing him back. So constantly pouring cold water on it. I am more convinced than anybody on this podcast that the Red Sox just aren't going to go down Alex Cora Avenue ever again. I, I think that era is done. I get that there's probably several of you listening to me right now thinking Alex Cora is definitely coming back, but I hate to burst your bubble, guys. I don't think it's going to happen. I really don't think it's going to happen. So it's Renicky or maybe I still, like I said, consider Quatrero the front runner, but there's still a couple weeks left in the year. Some tough conversations to probably be had between Bloom and ownership. It probably comes down to how good their comfort zone is with him. And it's so tough to tell because they haven't really shown their hand and they almost never do when it comes to the status of the manager. Everything's held, you know, close to the vest. 
you know, when they're talking trades and who they might pursue, you might see a little bit more transparency Transparency there. Like, yeah, we need a starting pitcher, so we're going to pursue that at the deadline. You might get something like that out of them, but they're not giving anything up with the manager. They're just not going to open that can of worms for the media to have a hail, uh, you know, a field day, excuse me. Um, but yeah, and speaking of the media, they are the biggest cheerleaders for bringing back Cora. Guys like Bradford and and uh, Alex Spear, I think. So many of them want Cora back. Uh, Pete Abraham, I, I think, could be one of them. Who's a major doucher, by the way. Can't stand the guy. Abraham, I'm talking about. And, uh, you know, I'm sure a couple of you feel that way, especially if you're on Twitter. But, yeah, so they're kind of cheerleaders. But I'm telling you guys... Don't drink the punch because I don't think it's going to be Cora. The one most noticeable thing, and I'll I'll wrap it up with this. This is what kind of swayed me towards there being probably, I would say, a 40% chance Renicky comes back was how he handled the team when they voted not to play right after the Kenosha incident where basically every team in every league decided to sit out for a game. And, you know, I'm not trying to get political. And disclaimer, I think a lot of you know I'm definitely a Trump supporter, but but even so, I was still impressed with, you know, Renicky's ability to kind of be that calming influence in it in a tough situation. And he had a quote that really resonated with me. When he talked to the media the day that they, you know, voted to, you know, sit out that night, he said, I hope every parent in America takes a minute to tell their kids why exactly we are not playing tonight and how important that is. And, I mean, that's that's next-level stuff. That's something... That's something a, a man of great leadership would probably... would probably say in a moment like that. And there's going to be a lot of tough moments, you know, with the Boston Red Sox. It's a tough city to play. And you have hotheads like me spewing a couple days a week on a podcast... Sports radio in Boston can be completely savage, whether it's Maserati with the Sports Hub or the guys over at WEI. Minahan's not there anymore, good riddance. But, but yeah, I mean, it's especially if you're a coach or a manager of any sport, it's it's tough, you know, to be that guy and to take the bullets, but. I like what I see with him, and if the Red Sox want him, you know, for the next two or three years, why not? I say why not, and I've gradually come to that conclusion, you know, throughout the the end of the year. Am I going to freak out if they don't give him the opportunity? No. Am I going to say it's the crime of the century if they don't give him the opportunity? No. No, I won't, but... I'm going to be the least surprised when on October 8th, which 
at by that point the season will have been done for you know 10 or 11 days at that point if they come out with an announcement that Renicky comes back I will be the least surprised of anybody so I will leave you guys with that. We'll have a regular show tomorrow night to talk about this Yankee series. I'm super excited about the the Sunday matchup between Tanner Houck and Davey Garcia with the Yankees. Two guys that are going to be with their respective teams for probably years, if not the next decade or so to come. So a great look into the future with that Sunday matchup. And I can't wait to see Houck face guys like Aaron Judge and and Giancarlo, Gary Sanchez, Glaber Torres, DJ LeMahieu, just to kind of test him. The the fans won't be in the stands, so he won't. We won't get to see how he'll be in an electric atmosphere, but it'll still get to be fun to see him uh, face those guys. So I'll leave you with that. Sorry if I sound like crap. I've got major allergies. I, normally I don't in September, so it's kind of weird. But but yeah, so. Have a good rest of your weekend, and next show, regular show, will be up by your Monday morning commute. Take care.